0: Hey guys, Dave here. Monday before Thanksgiving, hope that you all will be celebrating safely. And if you're not going to be making a Thanksgiving dinner, please buy from a restaurant. Almost every restaurant, it seems, is offering a Thanksgiving take-home dinner. Please buy directly from the restaurants. Debating whether I'm going to make it or buy it, but I'm probably going to... If I make it, I'm still going to buy something from a restaurant to support uh, local businesses or just buy some fried chicken. And if I do make Thanksgiving, I'm going to certainly smoke a turkey like I talk about in episode one of Recipe Club out now on Spotify or however you listen to your podcasts, but hope that everyone will be celebrating
1: safely and
0: uh, not in large groups.
1: This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride with over 122 million parts for your number one rider die. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions
2: apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. Earn up to 3% daily cashback on every purchase every day. Then grow it at 4.50% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account with Apple Card. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings available to Apple Card owners subject to eligibility. Savings accounts provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, member FDIC. Terms apply.
0: To the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Domo Media. Last podcast, I was talking about foods that I missed the most the past few months, nine months or so, because of quarantine. And it got me thinking about dinners and restaurants and meals that I miss. Or more specifically, if I was given 24 hours notice to go to a restaurant, would I change my plans and head out there? Would I buy a ticket? And just go to a destination that is very far away. And I will tell you, it actually happened about 12 years ago, 13 years ago. It was like two years before El Buyi. And if you're not familiar with El Buyi, we've talked about the chefs there quite a bit in this podcast over the two and a half years plus. Ferran and Albert Agio opened up a restaurant called El Buyi. Bulldog was the mascot in Rose's, Spain. And it was on the sort of on a cliff overhanging uh, the ocean near Barcelona. It's about two hours on the coast of Spain, and arguably one of the most important restaurants past 100 plus years, and uh, produced so many different chefs, from Andoni at Mugaritz, to Rene Redzepi, to the great Jose Andres, and all of his humanitarian efforts. But before he did that, he's still operating a lot of restaurants. The, the alumni of El Bulli is something to behold. But this restaurant was so important for so many ways, but more specifically because of how they thought about food, what they cooked. And year after year, it was considered the very best. And whether you liked it or not, you would have to say that it was the most important restaurant. It just changed the whole game. Probably should do a whole podcast just on El Bouilly, and their redesigning, restructuring of how you would operate and cook in a restaurant. And uh, every year, they would do new menu. And they started that probably like halfway into their existence. And, and the, the restaurant began in like 1983 under Ferron or 87, I can't recall. But somewhere in the mid-90s, they began to overhaul the menu every year. Most restaurants, like my own, continue to put menu items that change somewhat. But it's a constant reminder to the guest of comfort, of things that you like. It's like an artist that goes on tour and uh, you're playing some of the greatest hits to sort of draw in your audience until you can lure them in with some new stuff. LBE never, ever played their hits. (laughs) It was always new every time. And we're talking about 32 to 40 courses, five to six hour dinners can sound painful. And I was trying to think, A lot of those kinds of dinners, the the progeny and the imitators of LBE were sort of in the thousands around the world. Every restaurant was trying to incorporate LBE techniques or the style of dining. I'll be honest, there was a period of my life where eating three hour plus dinners was not just all the rage. It was what I wanted to do. That was what I aspired to cook. It's where I aspired to eat at. And if you ask me today, would you spend three hours plus in a restaurant? I would say absolutely not. If I was given an opportunity to eat at the very best restaurant in the world today, wherever they may be, I would probably say no. Even when I get to eat at some of the very best degustation menus, I I like to eat it as quickly as possible in under two hours. But if I had to eat a dinner that was three to six hours, and believe it, there are dinners that can last five to six hours. It is true. My dinner at LBE was six hours. I had a reservation at 6 p.m., And I got out of dinner at 12.30, 12.40. That was a six hour plus. I think we had like 45 courses. But my buddy, Bob Pruitt, worked at LBE. He used to work for Will Goldfarb at uh, Room for Dessert. And he was doing a stage at LBE for a season there. And he said, hey man, there's a reservation available. Or actually, I'm sorry, Bob Pruitt was an alumni And he told me he had a reservation to eat at El but something had come up personally in his life and he couldn't make it. And um, he had the golden ticket, the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory ticket to get a reservation because getting a reservation at El was impossible. I mean, the waiting list was five plus years. They're only serving like 30 to 45 people a night. And um, it was only open half the year the hardest reservation to get. So, if you got that, it would be like, hey, do you want to see Michael Jordan play, courtside, best seats in the house at Madison Square Garden? Of course you're going to say yes. You're going to cancel your plans, you're going to ditch work, you're going to lie to whoever you need to to get to that, you know, Michael Jordan game or LeBron James games, or like the Beatles are playing again. I you know, it would be for a cook or someone that was into food, the penultimate experience. And, uh, I had 24 hours. I booked a plane and I went. And, uh, luckily I I had a friend that decided to join me and we, we ditch work. We had 48 hours. We flew to Spain, rented a car, didn't even check into a hotel (laughs) because they were all booked up. Basically waited in the car till we get our reservation, ate dinner. And it was extraordinary. It blew my mind. I, uh, never eaten anything like that, never had food that was so provocative and simultaneously delicious because a lot of restaurants that try to make avant-garde food care more about the technique than they do about the deliciousness of the meal itself. And the meal I had at LBE was uh, extraordinary. I mean, there was one course of squab, which is wild pigeon, and it was delicately cooked. It was just the breast meat. And I had a giant cognac glass with a squab consomme. And there was a layer of smoke. I know that doesn't sound maybe appealing or appetizing, but just the combination of the three and the visual elements, I was like, holy shit, Like that's that's amazing. Everything. I mean, I have the menu in storage. You're drinking, you're laughing, and it's in a, a Spanish home. It's warm and inviting and you're overlooking the ocean and you're seeing cooking done at the highest level. I had a total blast. I was absolutely blown away. Basically got back in the car, slept, got on a flight the next morning, came back to New York City. That was the only time I've ever done anything like that. It was probably the only time I ever do that. I'm going out of my way to eat at a meal because I have to. I think there have been some kinds of experiences like that for a lot of people into food. It's certainly a privilege, but I was wondering to myself, is there a restaurant today that I would do that? And the answer is, I don't think so. Even maybe some of the top sushi counter spots, like if I got a reservation at Sushi Saito in Tokyo, may, not maybe, like, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think there is. So if you guys know of an experience of food that would be like I have to change my life to get there, let me know. But I don't think there is right now. I really don't. There are experiences that I would wait in line for if I was there. Like if I was at in Austin, I would wait in line for Aaron Franklin's barbecue. If I was in Copenhagen or in continental Europe and I had a reservation at Noma, of course I would go there. But if I didn't have anything planned and something dropped in my lap, would I change my whole itinerary to go? And I just don't think that the answer is yes. And if anything, I think it comments on the time and place we're in today, but um, it got me thinking about LBE and the bittersweet sort of understanding of it is that not everybody even knows what the hell I'm talking about. So if you know, you know, and if you don't, I would love to explain more of the glory and importance of LBE to you all. A magical experience and uh, probably the only time I'd ever do anything like that. That being said, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Now onto our show, we have an episode of My Opinion as Fact with Chris and Isaac. We have a full episode of My Opinion As Fact, and let's just get right into it.
3: It's My Opinion Is Fact, right? For the record, it's not as fact, it's My Opinion Is Fact. Well,
0: that's literally a meta... <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's whatever Dave's opinion is, that day is the name of the segment. It's all subjective, okay. Oh man, Dave's eyes lit up with the meta ness of that question, Isaac. He was so excited to hear you ask that question. <laughs> you you've said it both ways, and I, I'm
3: just wondering, like, because I've been titling these episodes. My opinion is fact. He's gaslighting you, dude.
1: Welcome to the world. Oh my of
3: David Chang, mind <laughs> games, mind games, mind games. Uh, all right, supercomputer. All right, let's start with the easy one here. Frozen pizza, overrated, underrated. There's a lot of pizza talk
0: in quarantine. Uh, mm-hmm. I obviously am a big proponent of delivered pizza. The only kind of thin crust pizza that you can get delivered to your home and eat well is frozen thin crust pizza. I think pizza in general freezes incredibly well. So I think it's underrated. But even if you're going to make raw, I mean, fresh pizza from scratch, like frozen pizza dough is great. It freezes extremely well. And I dare say it's a better dough after it's frozen without getting to the science of it. Mm. Even when it was uh, Stouffer's French bread pizza or Celeste or all these other brands, Tombstone, even Boboli, which is not frozen, is delicious. Again, like I'm a big fan of pizza in all forms and shapes. So Elio's pizza, you just pop it in a microwave or a toaster oven. Fantastic. So pizza bagels, anything frozen pizza is good in my book. And I think underrated, but probably looked down upon by pizza snobs.
1: I was gonna say overrated because pizza is so ubiquitous and you can just order a pizza. Why would you have a frozen one? But then I remembered that frozen pizza is dirt cheap. Like you can you can live off of frozen pizza, and I think I've had a lot of friends who do. Do
0: you think cauliflower <laughs> pizza is overrated?
1: I do. Yeah, cauliflower pizza wow. is. I, there's we need a new word for overrated. Like that is so hilariously overrated. It's terrible. <laughs> I
3: enjoy them. Oh my but god! Man, I'm, I'm obviously the <laughs> oh my god, the right. black sheep of this podcast. Oh my god! So my opinion does not matter. My opinion is not fact. It, do, it
0: doesn't matter actually. Now, you <laughs> <laughs> uh, just uh, put the nail in the coffin that Isaac's opinion yes. does not matter on this because anyone that says or proclaims a cauliflower pizza is great.
3: Not, I didn't say it was great. I just said I like it as an alternative, as a quote unquote healthy alternative.
0: Then don't eat pizza. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> well, that's a that's a good point. Is like why cheat the experience
1: when you can just avoid it altogether? This is fundamentally and diametrically opposed to Chang's philosophy of hey, just eat a little bit less of good things and not a lot of shitty things. <laughs> this is diametrically opposed to that philosophy. And just because
0: I say it doesn't mean I do it. So <laughs> I'm also just saying, you know, you can even get pizza delivered and then freeze it. It freezes extremely well. So I'm cool with it, man. Frozen pizza is great. There's all kinds of pizza that you can get from restaurants that you want to support around the country. You can do it on Gold Belly or you can even get like Roberta's has a pretty good pie that's frozen that you can get. Pizza freezes extremely well. Is it as good as fresh pies? No, but it's different. I would even argue, very strongly argue that I prefer frozen pizza that's been reheated because you get the double cooked crust.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which if
0: you're a real new yorker slice person you know what i'm talking about the real pros aim for they say i want that slice that looks not very good but it will be very good once you cook it again Mm -hmm.
1: can you Mm -hmm. freeze and reheat like a neapolitan una pizza napolitana like very floppy crust pizza like that
0: you can a lot of this, without going to the science of it, and not that I'm an expert in any of this, but from my limited knowledge, a lot of the success and deliciousness of this kind of pizza entirely rests upon how quickly it's frozen. So the flash freezing process, the same kind of f- freezing process that makes peas so delicious or corn so delicious, is paramount to the success of a cooked frozen pizza that you reheat. So the faster you freeze it, the better it will be taste. Hmm. That's not my opinion. It's fact. That's just fucking fact.
1: (laughs) That's my science (laughs) is fact. Uh, Last pizza, frozen pizza related question. Are you a believer, David Chang, in the Hot Pockets little paper cooking vessel? I don't know if it's real or not, but I love it. It was single-handedly one of the greatest
0: inventions of all time because (laughs) not only does it espouse the virtues of a (laughs) microwave, Hot Pockets, you know, it's right up there. Great song, great marketing. <laughs> what an amazing invention. And listen, I can't tell you how many restaurants I've been to or how many restaurant meetings within Momo Fuku I've had where someone said, it's like a hot pocket. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to recreate a hot pocket. I'm like, no, just yeah. make a hot pocket. But again, if you're not familiar with a hot pocket, you microwave it and I don't even quite understand the the future technology of how this paper thing with some gray coloring that's laminated gray coloring on the inside of the pocket makes things crunchy. I'm sure I could find out, but I don't
1: want to. I just <laughs> So so that's my question, Chang. Is the is the little paper sleeve that you heat the hot pocket in, is it a greater marketing achievement or scientific achievement? Sometimes some things you just have to pass in silence, as
0: Wittgenstein says, right? You, <laughs> you, you asshole. <laughs> you, you have to just, you know, I'm not saying it's ineffable, but sort of it's ineffable. I, I, the thought of the magical properties of this paper lined laminated interior thing is near religious for me because <laughs> I'm not even... You, you, listen, it sounds like a lot of fucking bullshit for me, but as a kid, as an adult... I am in complete wonder and amazement of how the microwaves don't penetrate or dehydrate. Whatever the process that I'm sure I could find out, I intentionally don't want to know. Because it's like, I don't want to know how the internet works. I don't know how the cloud works. <laughs> oh how the God. hell does the cloud work? You know what I mean? Like literally, like where is it stored? In the, in the air somewhere? I don't know. I don't care. But <laughs> they I, have
1: servers, I, but yeah.
0: It's magic. For me, it's magic. And for Hot <sighs> okay. Pockets, it's magic. <laughs>
1: I would like to propose a new rule for my opinion is fact where Dave can only cite Wittgenstein, Schrodinger, Occam's razor one time per episode to one get to answering a one question. Time. Once per episode, he gets to use a philosophical exit.
0: It's clear that it's the most appropriate use of that famous line by Wittgenstein's tractatus. Like, <laughs> it's
3: just, vis-a-vis Hot Pockets. To
0: equate the Hot Pockets cooking sleeve to you have to pass over some things in silence. You know, something. <laughs> all <laughs> right, right. It's, it's a wonderful incredible. philosophy
1: for for an audio medium <laughs> That's over yes. just to let Science. you
0: know david chang in third person got a c minus in introductory to philosophy by <laughs> professor miller brown
1: <laughs> and just to just to let you all know david chang third person is raising his fists in victory as he says
0: and, and miller brown was an acolyte of Quine, who was an acolyte of Wittgenstein, and we spent a lot of time on Wittgenstein and I did terribly. And that's all I know, and I probably <laughs> put you the whole thing. But that's what happens when you get a C- minus in school,
1: as I did many, many times. When you get a C- minus in school and your own podcast, that's <laughs> what happens. <laughs> yeah, just spewing out falsities <laughs> like Sean Hannity.
3: It's great.
0: Alright, oh. supercomputer,
1: take us ahead here, buddy.
3: <sighs> Alright, uh, this is a related question. Food that is better as leftovers. What kind of food is better as leftovers?
0: Ding dong, ding dong. (laughs) Oh, shout out to the late Alex Trebek. Very, very Mm, sad. What a great, great man. And uh, I never got the chance to be on Jeopardy. Really was a lifelong goal of mine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I mean, Jeopardy was amazing. And Alex Trebek was a perfect host.
0: And I will say the questions have gotten so much easier over the past decade plus. I, I mean, come on.
1: It drives me crazy when they do the college edition yeah, and yeah. the questions are so ridiculously easy.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. If you look insult. at Jeopardy
0: 25 years ago, it, that's, that was fucking hard.
1: It was really During the difficult. white men can't jump era. Oh, Rosie man. Perez won again. That shit was oh, awesome. Man, man.
0: What is Quahog? <laughs> <laughs> what is a
1: Quahog? That's my God, favorite that part of the home <laughs> such a good character. That's such a good arc for her to like be wanting to get on Jeopardy. Quahog. What the hell was the question? Quahog. The
3: question was: Food that is better as leftovers. <laughs> White Man Can't Jump is a great movie, but that's not the question.
0: <laughs> um, I. It's a good question. I'll be honest. I'm not a leftovers person in general. I do it because I have to, and I hate cooking. But all joy leaves the food for me when it's done. Like even like a bag of potato <laughs> chips, right? I'm like, uh-huh. uh, I don't care about it as much as I did. You know, I can't, I'll still eat the whole fucking bag over time, but it's not like, oh, I, I want it again. And, and leftovers makes me sad. Last night, for example, we got Indian food because Grace loves Indian mm. food. And this morning, because I always make breakfast for Hugo, no one else in the family eats breakfast. And then I always make lunch because usually I'm on calls and, and I want to get it all done. And even sometimes I'll start dinner all around like seven thirty eight o'clock, and I looked at the fridge today and I said, I have some paratha, I have some paneer, I have some biryani, all of which would make a delicious leftover lunch. But this is the privileged life that I have. Is I don't want to eat it two meals in a row, which mm-hmm. is the same philosophy why I actually have a problem spending a week plus in Europe. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't eat Italian food every day. I can't eat French food every day. I can't eat... Even the food of San Sebastian every day, like I could, but I just not like it brings me joy. And mm. the Indian food, I'm going to want to eat the leftovers in probably three days or four days. And by then it's not going to be as delicious as it. I should be eating it today for lunch. Listen, I I've thought a lot of fucking bad. <laughs> so it doesn't bring me joy. It's something I try not to do, which is fire lunch. I actually reheated some kongbiji, which is the Korean soybean kimchi stew that's like basic Korean red beans and rice and a salted mackerel that Koreans eat a lot of with some kimchi and rice. And those are both frozen. I just sort of thawed out and reheated and then I'll be ready and I cook some rice and I should be eating the leftovers, but I won't. And I could talk forever about this. And I am, obviously. <laughs> and I wonder if anyone else agrees with me.
1: I come from long stock of leftover people. My parents, after I visit them, mm. they will eat the leftovers of what I bought and cooked for two weeks, <laughs> just like oh, every wow. single day. So that's where I come from. And I'm a leftover person. Here's what I agree with and what I disagree with, Chang. I agree with you about the Europe things really interesting. When you go to Italy, like in America, I think we're used to being like, what do you want for dinner tonight? Indian, Chinese, Thai, Korean, Japanese, you know, burgers, pizza. If you're like, what do we want to eat tonight in Italy? It's just like, what kind of Italian food are we going to go eat now? <laughs> yeah. Right? There's nowhere to go. You don't go get tired. and then
0: and the nothing. Nothing's the worse. So then you're in like, say Paris, and so it was like, no, we have great Vietnamese food. I was like, no, no, you don't.
3: don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've tried so desperately. Like that's always the sad thing. And Chang and I have good stories too about like being in Europe. And Dave, three were just like, we need rice. We we need spicy food and then just like <laughs> settling for the worst stuff in copenhagen chang and i thought that this restaurant called like dong yuen was like the greatest chinese restaurant in the world but it's because we hadn't eaten chinese food in two days
0: Hi, hey, everything's relative it's it's a like summer camp attractiveness
1: right
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Summer> camp attractiveness.
1: <laughs> we had our europe goggles on
0: is yeah. what we, we had yeah, uh, yeah. Uh... so Listen, the, the one caveat to this, why I'm anti-leftover, I'm not anti-leftovers, a lot of it is how I was raised, and my mother never threw anything out, ever. Yeah, it same. was, mm-hmm. take it to the point where it's spoiled, and then freeze the spoiled food, and then eat it frozen in some kind of spicy thing, so you can't taste the spoiledness. Yeah. And it just left such an impression on me that I get very weird when there's like leftovers being processed every day because that's literally how we ate and it wasn't even just like delivered leftovers any leftovers getting recycled in the next day and another thing added as a cook as a professional chef that's how we eat every day Mm -hmm. you're turning staff meal from three or four days ago or something that was a leftover product like if you're breaking down baby lamb to do lamb five ways you have the lamb carcass and you blah 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 like Everything is a leftover that's getting repurposed into something you're supposed to eat. And I, in a privileged way, I'm just like, sometimes I just want something that's like new.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I hear that. Here's where I disagree with you and what you're forgetting. Cold fried chicken better as a leftover. That's your invention or your 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 number one. No, that's champion, Sean, you know,
0: that's Sean Gray's uh invention at Co. But again, if I had to eat cold fried chicken versus hot fried chicken, guess what I want to eat? Hot fried chicken. Cold fried chicken I right. do because I'm fat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, and Sean, Sean has spent a lifetime developing his cold fried chicken recipe at Co. And it's designed, it's, any dish that's designed to be cold is, is not necessarily cold. So no, I, I, mm-hmm. I dissent and I strike down your, your, your motion. <laughs> <laughs> motion to dismiss, uh, denied. Your Honor, uh, Your Supercomputer Isaac, yes or no, who wins this
3: case? Well, I mean, I myself am a leftover Just a yes man. or
0: no. We're just asking you, <laughs> yes or no.
3: <sighs> yes or no on, on the case that fresh food is better than leftovers full stop, generally speaking. You got to be yeah, like Tony yes. real here.
0: You got
1: you to gotta give us a winner here. In a vacuum, Chang, I agree with you. Oh, wait, we're deciding who won. I didn't even get to state my position. I I think leftovers (laughs) are underrated because I live in a house where I'm the only leftover eater. My wife Mm -hmm. doesn't like, my wife is like Chang. She doesn't want to eat the same meal two times in a row. She just just didn't grow up eating leftovers either. I think certain things suck as leftovers. I think roast meats are terrible. Leftover, anything sort Mm -hmm. of like cooked to temperature is terrible. I think chicken tastes weird, (laughs) reheated unless it's in like a stir fry. But man, if I I'm may f-
3: add to Ying's counter argument here, Korean food, a lot of the stews and a lot of the soups do taste better a day or two later. I don't know if that counts as leftovers or if it's like kind of intended it's cooked with the intention okay, and I, of being eaten. I, I,
0: I I'm feeling like this episode is turning into the Supreme Court or some kind of federal court. <laughs> And man, now I understand, man. Like maybe if I was uh, just defending food, I'd I'd maybe reach the highest court as a justice or something. <laughs> oh my god! Because I understand oh it. God. I understand it. I understand what you're saying, Isaac. And I think that you're yeah. interpreting the food of Korea in, a, in an incorrect way. That is not a leftover. Korean food is designed that way.
3: Yeah, it's intended to intended be over way. the course of so, a few I, days. So it's not
0: applicable. Like, it's not logically applicable for you to say that it's a leftover. So I strike down this notion as well.
1: <laughs> Are you calling Isaac <laughs> Lee an, a constitutional originalist? Whereas you're a oh my activist. god! Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: I mean, <laughs> Isaac <laughs> Lee, I see a silhouette of Anthony Scalia in the back left of your Zoom call. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac is saying, the founders intended us. For I'm for Amy Barrett. I'm Amy Barrett now. It's over. It's happening.
1: Well not yet, not, Amy Barrett. Not,
0: not yet. Not yet. We'll see how it goes.
3: Ugh.
1: All right. Oh, let's God. go. Let's go, supercomputer.
3: All right. Next question here. What's a hobby you wish you could take up and why haven't you? Any hobbies you wanted to learn during quarantine?
0: I'll tell you one that I wish that I had more access to and I wish I had more time. Is and it's probably not going to be a popular answer, but I want to be able to to become a better hunter for the food that I eat mm. and um, I've gone bow hunting. I've gone duck hunting, all these things. But to me, I want to be able to do th- I've always done it with other people that show me the ropes and I've just never had the time. I feel like as a fly fisherman, I I, I can do most of it myself with the exception of tying the flies because I'm bad at that, but I can read the water. I can do a lot of things, but that's 20 years of me fly fishing and I think I'm good not amazing. I'm not anything like that, but I'm really good. I'm a really good fly fisherman. And I spent a lot of time doing that. And I wish I could be the same level as a hunter and not because I'm I'm trying to put trophy shit on the walls. I want to be able to, at least at home, because I can't, if I, we could do it at the restaurants, I would serve wild game, truly wild game. I want to be able to serve food that I've actually harvested myself. So that, and I don't know necessarily that's a hobby. That's a desire I'd like to get to and to put the the time and work into. And again, if people are like, you can't do that. I'm like, then you don't understand how food is made. There's always a life that's taken. If you're not a vegan or vegetarian,
1: Mm -hmm. I I feel that I've been on hunting trips. I've never hunted. I'm a terrible shot, but I've been on hunting trips with people. And I always walk away with like this strong desire of exactly what you're talking about, Chang, where it's, it's awesome to pull the meat that you want to eat from the world. And, see it out from start to finish and then the, the product is fucking awesome the things that you hunt are delicious so- i mean wild
0: wild ducks to me are one of the great culinary delights out there that most people will never know and and not all wild ducks are delicious but a lot of them are so one of my dreams would be like man i'd love to be able to stock a moose or a caribou one day but if that doesn't happen it doesn't happen it's just like a hobby that i dream about being very good mm-hmm. at, and even if I started, I don't think I'd be very good at it i'd I'd fucking scare everything away solo,
1: yeah, I mean, it's a whether or not we classify as a hobby it's the the barrier for entry is pretty high, like you've got to be pretty serious about it to even get started. You can't mm-hmm. just like do a recreational hunt on the weekend,
0: but a more um i'd say accessible hobby that i would I'm really hoping to do if we ever have a house that's ours is a garden,
1: yeah, like a home a yeah. home
0: garden. I would see myself just pouring myself into.
1: Yeah,
3: Ying. Do you have any hobbies that you've wanted to take up, and you and you haven't for some reason?
1: (laughs) I guess. I mean, we joke about it on the show, but there was a period of time where, like, in my adult life, meaning within the last eighteen to twenty-four months, I really was hoping that I could get a group of friends to play Dungeons and Dragons with me, (laughs) which which I've never played in my life. But I feel like. Co- cooperative <laughs> storytelling seems fun. I don't know if I can, Yeah, it seems
3: cool. No, no, I'm not judging you. None of us here are laughing. Chang is about to come on.
0: <laughs> My mage will defeat your wizard. <laughs>
1: Oh my God. I mean, Here we've comes fun the bro. Of it all the time, but I really do think there's like, your
0: cleric has less <laughs> spell points than my mage. <laughs> I think, they, I think <laughs> uh,
1: like the, that fantasy aspect of it doesn't appeal to me. Like the, the sort of like I'm a paladin and I, I cast my level four fireball at you. Like that's not what i uh,
0: uh, uh, yeah, obviously you've never played because paladins can't cast <laughs> a level four fireball.
1: <laughs> Au contraire, sir. Um, no, I I actually think that like noob, there's something you knew. <laughs> something about the collaborative like storytelling and like crafting things and and if you do it like not in a way that's <laughs> so
0: Palad, Paladin Fireball, can you believe that everybody? Oh my, <laughs> my god. god! I can't even <laughs> stop uh, uh, We can't continue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I wanted to do. I wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons. There are and holy stuff
0: knights. There are holy any... knight.
1: If there are any dungeon masters out god. there who. uh Need a new dwarf in your. To in all your the clan. nerds,
0: to all the Dungeon and Dragon nerds, 86 and Blacklist, this poor soul.
1: <laughs> That's the hobby I wish I could get into.
0: Speaking of nerdy types of things, I, I truly a hobby that I wish I had the time for. And it's something I wish my wife would allow me to do. I wish I could just play video games all day long. Yeah, I, I don't own mm. a console. I don't own an Xbox. I don't own a PlayStation. I just saw LeBron James like opening up a new Xbox. And I was like, wow. I bet you that would be the biggest time suck the world has ever seen. Because the last time yeah. I ever played video games literally was Halo. And uh, Halo is like amazing to me. And even before that in college, there was this thing called Marathon Man. And a lot of you guys mm-hmm. are too young to know that. And uh, that's what I thought the internet was for, was for video games. I didn't even know you could send emails, le- legitimately. We've talked about this, I thought it was for video games. <laughs> and I, I wish I could just spend days upon days just playing video games like i i don't understand call of duty i don't even know these games i don't understand what the hell people are talking about i watch it on instagram because now like these are clips that people play i have no idea what the fuck they're talking about i want to know i want to lose hours and hours and hours of my day doing absolutely nothing that (laughs) that is a hobby that i can get behind
1: i could not agree with you more I mentioned this when we were doing our Asha Gomez Dad's podcast, but like I feel like I wish I could get into. I wish that there were people who would play games with me. I can't do it. Let's do it, Chang. I would never want to play with you because you'd be not good, and I need competition. Uh, We have played Madden together, and I whooped your ass, my friend. So let's not not fact check. Fact check.
0: (laughs) Fact check. Um, No, I was setting you up like Paul Newman (laughs) for money.
3: Okay, okay, okay.
1: (laughs) Sure. Likely story. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Look to your left, look to your right. Yep, no one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay guaranteed,
0: this episode is brought to you by seed did you know that most green powders and probiotics don't survive digestion seeds dso1 daily symbiotic is engineered in a two-in-one capsule to safeguard viability through digestion for complete delivery to your colon a broad spectrum probiotic and prebiotic formulated with 24 clinically and scientifically studied strains for whole body benefits including gut heart and skin health visit seed.com dave Chang and you Use the code 25DAVECHANG to start seeding today. That's code 25 Chang to start seeding today.
2: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. Earn up to 3% daily cashback on every purchase every day. Then grow it at 4.50% annual percentage yield when you open a savings account with Apple Card. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card subject to credit approval. Savings available to Apple Card owners subject to eligibility. Savings accounts provided by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, member FDIC. Terms apply.
3: All right, our next question here. What was your favorite school lunch to eat growing up?
1: Like meaning a cafeteria food or meaning what you brought from home? What do you think?
3: Anything, anything. Just whatever you ate at school, various levels of education. I can tell you
0: the one that I disliked was the fried chicken, which was soft and mealy coated crust at Chesterbrook Elementary in Northern Virginia. And then the the sausage pizza that was on a square. I never understood why they... That was actually the one bad pizza I've ever had was that. And um, close behind, which I think was the original McRib, before McDonald's picked it up, growing up they had a pork rib sandwich that looked a lot like the McRib slathered in barbecue sauce. So no, I don't have any warm things about school lunch all I remember are the things that I dislike but I do think the classic thing that I'd always like is a peanut butter jelly sandwich
1: Mm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. interesting I was uh I mean we've talked a million times on this podcast about being embarrassed about the food that you have for lunch and all of that stuff but I didn't I never ate lunch in high school I was I had like a I don't know crazy hang ups about eating in front of people and so I just didn't eat lunch I just ate extra dinner (laughs) but uh really yeah, I just didn't eat. I was you like just, a fat Asian hung kid out?
3: who like ate, had weird no, stuff. I didn't eat no. lunch.
0: He was studying. He was doing his extra
3: credit class. I <laughs> <laughs> was deeply You would my... go to the nearby community college
0: Ying and take was another one of class. Those, yeah, Ying was one of those assholes that graduated like a 4.84. Like, how the fuck do you get that point eight four <laughs> extra?
1: <laughs> I did have a 4.7. I, um, hey. I did like when my dad would make meatloaf sandwiches though, but I was also embarrassed of those because no other kids ate meatloaf sandwiches. So I ate those real quick.
0: I also didn't have the traditional high school. I went to the snooty private school, and and our lunches were made like real meals. And the only thing that I remember truly loving was shepherd's pie. You can never go mm-hmm. wrong with shepherd's, shepherd's
1: pie. pie. Yeah. What was the what was like the eating setup? Did you guys all was it a cafeteria? You all sat indoors in a cafeteria? Is that how it worked at your school? No,
0: you walked in. You know, it's a lot like the college, like a college cafeteria, but just much smaller. And you got your tray and you got your food. But at dinner, you lived there. You were designated to serve the table right so you had to like get there like 30 minutes early in your area prepare the f- meals for the table at large and so it was a lot like family style for dinner but I don't recall the food ever being something you know awesome but I think in general even in college the meals that I loved the most were, were like Thanksgiving meals
1: mm-hmm. 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 I always forget that you lived at school well, how often were you at home
0: I have no idea I don't
1: even remember not mm. that much. Damn. <laughs> it
3: got real. It got real. Man, dark. My
0: parents hated me. <laughs> Jeez.
3: I got, I got real dark. Um, my favorite school lunch was yubu chobap, whenever my mom would make those. I don't know how to say it even in English, but... Chang, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, I don't. Yubu chobap, it's the... Um...
0: Oh, the metal box thing?
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. It would be like... It's like rice balls and like a fish cake little covering thing i don't i don't i genuinely do not know what it's called in english if there is even a name for it in english but those would be the best because you can split them up and you can like eat them during class i like sneak one out of my backpack and (laughs) eat it during class when i'm hungry it's it's wrapped
0: in wrapped in tofu skin
3: yeah yeah yeah. is it tofu skin
0: Uh, i thought it was fish you can buy you can get canned tofu skin and uh, it's, I think, has its origins in Japan. I don't know exactly. Uh, is it, but I kind, I is know it like
1: Inari Sushi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So it's like a little sweetened on the outside.
3: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's, okay. it's sweet. It's a little bit of a sweeter kind of, yeah. yeah I, I, I love uh, those.
0: I, I could have guessed that you like those, Isaac. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I saw sure, Amy Comey, sure. Comey Barrett eating one of those from under her robes. Oh, she just pulled geez. one out. And this... snuck one. Is...
0: <laughs> Isaac Lee also played early to Notre Dame. <laughs>
1: I absolutely did not.
0: Not because no. he liked the football team, but he loved the values.
3: Oh, my God. This is... Okay. All right, oh, my God.
1: It's so bad. All right.
3: Let's yeah. move on. Um, mochi ice cream, overrated or underrated? Severely underrated.
0: and Severely point, underrated. And, and to the point this, it's a ripoff that they charge you like the seven bucks for like five pieces. They don't even give you like six pieces. They give you like five. It's... The mochi ice cream makers are goddamn cocaine dealers. They know it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I know a lot about this because in the early days of Momofuku, I didn't know anything. And I was too much of an idiot to care about making pastry until we hired Tosi. And we had uh, Corey Lane, our first GM, great general manager. He was an old Nobu manager. And he told me how they would serve, and I was always like, "Man, when you go to Nobu, they give you the sickest mochi." I was like, "Man, how do they do it?" He's like, "No, they buy it from Hawaii." I was like, "Oh, <laughs> what? They just buy it from Hawaii?" I was like, "So we started buying it from Hawaii, and uh, we just started to just we just got the mochi when we'd cut it frozen and we twist it so it looked like it was something. But we tell people too. It's like you make this. Like, no, don't. No, no one cares because that's how much people loved frozen uh. mochi. I mean, mochi ice cream and." The key to mochi ice cream, the absolute key, because most of the time it's got so much methyl cell in it. So it's, it's like very stable temperature and, and like sometimes guar gum and all this kind of shit. You gotta really temper it. You gotta temper it just to the point where it's the, I don't remember the scientific state of frozen and liquid simultaneously. Cause then it's not about biting it. You pop the whole thing in your mouth and it's like the best fruit gusher ice cream thing you could ever have. I'd also say overrated is anyone that tries to make mochi ice cream from scratch. You cannot do mm. it as well mm. as machine. That's just not possible. I, I want to know. And I'm sure we're going to get some comments. But like, No, no, no. I was like, okay, then send it to me. Because it's not consistently as good <laughs> as the frozen machine-made automated mochi ice cream. I think it's a highly underrated thing, but they screw you on the pricing.
1: <laughs> I agree Although I think that like a lot of the flavors outside of, and maybe this is just because what I'm used to, I think flavors beyond green tea and mango to me, maybe with a couple other exceptions, are overrated. It doesn't work for me with other random flavors. What the fuck? What the fuck? Just, <laughs> I don't know. When you go to Whole Foods and they've got the whole case of like whatever bullshit concoctions they've made up, I don't think those are good. I like the original ones. Okay, what's your favorite mochi ice cream flavor? All of them. They're so good. There's not
0: one that I thought it was like, not good. Pistachio ones, like I love fake pistachio flavoring. It's so good.
2: The only thing I don't
0: like is red bean. I'm an anti-red bean person. (laughs) Again, don't get me started about red bean. Of all the things we had to (laughs) fucking get wrong in Asian cuisine is red bean. Like we couldn't have figured out chocolate or butter. (laughs) We couldn't have figured out
1: chocolate or butter with red bean. Oh, man.
3: Uh, All right, moving on here. Do you have any unusual or unique superstitions, anything you believe in, Anything that you, you, a habit that you do out of some sort of unreasonable anxiety?
1: When we used to travel, I always had to touch the fuselage of the plane on the way in with my right Ooh. hand and my left hand on the way out. I'm not oh, usually wow. a, a scared flyer, but there are times if I'm uh, in the right frame of mind on a plane where I'm just completely anxiety ridden and want to die or scared of dying. So I have to touch the plane.
0: Well, that's not as weird as mine. I mean, I was just <laughs> say mine is less weird than yours. That's what I was going to say. Only really truly thing is that always as I get, like no matter, like throughout my life, there's some article of clothing that I consider lucky. And currently it's a lucky pair of boxers.
1: Oh. Mm-hmm. How often do you allow yourself to wear the lucky boxers? How often do you need that luck?
0: Mm, I usually try to save it. I need it for a big day. And, and, but sometimes when like, it's dark and I just pull it out of my drawer and it's that, I'm like, "Eh, it's it's not self-fulfilling prophecy. It's going to be a good day. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, uh, totally understanding that I don't believe in superstition. I, I, I can't not think about it though. So yeah.
1: Let me ask you a very specific underwear related question. Are there pairs of underwear in your underwear drawer that you just don't wear because you don't want to, and they just sit there constantly unworn?
0: Yeah, and I, I, I look at them with disdain. <laughs> but you
1: never throw them out, right? You never throw them out. Never throw like, them out. Never the, throw them these, out. This is insurance. It's like a spare tire. Like You don't want to drive on a spare tire. It's not a good tire. <laughs> but maybe one day you're going to need it. That's my, that's my underwear philosophy.
3: Yeah, no, I, I have the exact same thing. Um, all right, moving on here. Karaoke bars, karaoke clubs, they're all closed right now. But if they were open... What would be your go-to karaoke song?
0: I don't karaoke, so I can't answer you that. You don't karaoke? No. Ever? Only when I'm blacked out drunk, and I don't get so blacked drunk So you do
3: karaoke. Anymore. Oh, okay.
0: I've never... Right. I don't... I don't... I don't dance in public. I don't do karaoke.
3: You don't dance in public? Why would you do... Why would you do that? What do you do at weddings?
1: Make money, I guess. I get... I get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can attest to everything he is saying right now. (laughs) He, Cheng, you'd like to go to karaoke, but I actually have not seen you. You don't pick up the mic, but you are actually one of the best kinds of people to go to karaoke with because you're a karaoke enabler. Hmm. Chang mm. is the one who walks mm. in and orders 36 beers and four bottles of soju and all the and, fried chicken and, and, and all the fried chicken. Yeah. He loves to get people going. So he's fun to karaoke with, but he doesn't pick up the mic. He's in my ear sometimes being like, do this one, do this one. It'll be funny. <laughs> I'm just like, OK.
0: But okay. I, I mean, listen, and truth be told, it's because I have a horrible voice and I, I, I for the life of me, I can't dance. It's something that I can't dance. I can't sing in public. I have done it. There is. Um. You know, my friends have video me. When I have been highly inebriated, I have definitely sung. And I never want to be mm-hmm. that. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't let that ever happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, no. But I also, I'm not trying to name drop or anything, but we brought up his name before. But we were when we were in Japan, and I was with James Murphy, and we went karaoke and uh, I never karaoke with James. I don't even look at him as a singer. It's just like he's my, you know, he's a friend.
3: Uh-huh. Saying, Must be nice. Must be nice. Sh-
0: no, stop. I, I, <laughs> but occasionally, and I only use this as an example because he's the best singer I know, but there are other people that are great singers. Like Isaac, if we were in karaoke, and I'd be like, dude, don't, no one else sing. Isaac, <laughs> you sing all the time. Because we, I, I don't want to hear people Bad at singing i don't hear people good at singing and i'm sitting there drinking my zima i don't know why but we're drinking a ton of zima and i'm hearing this a beautiful voice and i'm like oh my god he's singing barry white <laughs> and i'm like this person should be a professional singer he's so good at it. <laughs> <laughs> and i literally legitimately was thinking that out loud and i i think i said it out loud it's like you should do this for a living man you are so good <laughs> like, sing it. I do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm like oh yeah so dumb i'm so dumb That's amazing um i agree with you i like hearing people who can sing sing but can i tell you the worst kind of i feel bad because i don't really mean this but the worst kind of person to karaoke with is priya krishna our friend priya krishna who has a very <laughs> good voice but mm. always wants to sing duets and I'm just like, oh. I don't want to sing a oh. duet with you. I can't yeah. keep up. This sucks. <laughs> I'm sure Isaac is that kind of way. What's your go-to, No, No, Isaac? no, 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 no. No, no, no. Do,
3: I don't do this. I'm the guy where, like, I don't actually really like singing too much at karaoke. But people push me to do it because they know I sing. And I have been on the receiving end of some woman being like, hey, let's sing this duet. And I end up having to sing the girl parts, too because they just like they they get <laughs> unconfident or whatever and that's that's the worst. I tend to sing a lot of like songs that people everyone can sing along because if I sing a song that I like that I I just enjoy singing then I'm having fun but basically no one else is having fun. Everyone's just kind of like listening. I don't like that. So I like to sing songs that everybody knows that everybody can sing along. I love to do like 90s jams like Boys to Men, Journey, like that kind of stuff where people can kind of belt together because that usually gets the party going. Like I I'm less concerned with the musical aspect of things cuz you know, I'm a musician. I can do music anytime. But if <laughs> damn, I'm with the good people I want damn, I want dude. to enjoy the with with the group of people.
1: Can I say I have a lot of go-to karaoke songs. I won't name all of them except for one. If I walk into an unfamiliar karaoke bar, my favorite thing to do is to ask them to put the star-spangled banner on for me oh, and no. I just sing the
3: Christopher. Spangled banner.
1: Yes. Uh, come on what, dude it's time. we should pay do you, kneel? Do you country, kneel when you do dude. it <laughs> are you kneeling I sing the stars or I'll do or sometimes I'll do some uh, Christmas songs little drummer boy underrated well,
0: uh, well l- listen you know my dislike of actually being in karaoke or talking about karaoke or thinking about karaoke is so great that I have completely checked out of this conversation <laughs> I have no idea what the fuck you guys are doing. <laughs> Lord, all, right, all right let's move, on. God, let's move on let's move on let's
3: move on to some some food questions here um are there any foods you eat despite knowing it will make you feel horrible afterwards? All of all of
1: them. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right, quick quick question, quick answer. Awesome, awesome. Um moving on. Joe Biden's dogs names. Champ and Major. Overrated or underrated their names?
1: We're getting a round of applause from Dave.
0: <laughs> Woo, Standing I, ovation. I just was like god damn it. Those are great dog names. Great names yeah. in general. Yeah. I think the two best names for football in football were Champ Bailey and Boss Bailey. I mean, you can't get better than those two mm. names. Mm. And anything that's named Champ is as good as Doc. Doc is like the best nickname you could have. You can't really name a dog Doc, but you can sort of <laughs> name a dog Champ. And Major, yeah. ma- Major. Other than Major Applewhite, former University of Texas quarterback, the only other famous major is Major, Major, Major in Catch-22. And uh, it's a great name. It's a great name. Mm-hmm. Great name. Mm-hmm. Champ and Major. I, I just think that's already the best part of his uh, administration. The, the future is looking very bright simply because of Champ and Major.
3: <laughs> I agree. I agree. It's good to have dogs back in the White House again. Um, next question here. Dining alone. Dining alone. Overrated or underrated? Obviously, for pandemic purposes, I think there are plenty of people who are, who are dining out alone outside of the United States.
0: I've seen a lot of dining alone in my life. I think it's amazing when I see someone. Mm-hmm. Like, First of all, let me say this. Dining at the bar is my favorite way to dine, whether it's solo or with other people. I mean, you can't do really more than four. If you're going to have four, it's got to be at the corner of a bar but really even two, the corner of the bar is the most, to me, prime real estate. But bar dining is amazing solo dining. Mm-hmm. The thing that is highly underrated that doesn't get enough credit for the sheer amazing aspect of it is to go to a Degas two plus hour dining experience solo. That is fucking awesome. People might think it's weird. I'm like, God damn it, you're amazing. I know nothing about you, but you're an amazing person to be like, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to spend you know a few hours solo time eating awesomeness. And I'm not even going to read mm. a book. I'm just going to just meditate and eat something great and drink. When you see a solo diner polishing like three bottles of wine solo, eating all the chocolates at the end of the meal and mm-hmm. doing mid-course this, mid-course that, it's like this person is a true gourmand and they're, you know, in my book, that, that should be celebrated, not seen as weird. We need more of that.
3: Wow. I didn't know
1: you had such intense feelings. Chris? That's a beautiful image. I, I I think you're right. Like the solo diner who's really owning it, crushing the degustation by themselves is great. When she or he are, are are just like enjoying themselves. That's beautiful. I can't get there. Can you get there? Can you do that? I've done it a lot. Like when I lived in,
0: not degustation, I didn't have the money, but when I'm, I've traveled a lot by myself. I like traveling by myself. I've had a lot of meals by myself. And even when I'm in New York, most of my meals I feel in my life really have been by myself. I'm a big solo diner. I don't like talking to people in general. I just want to like, you know, focus on my food, get it done and get out. And uh, sometimes I have a conversation with a bartender, but like I'm not there when I'm dining solo to have to meet people. I'm there to eat and to have some quality solo time. So
3: I'm just laughing because you were like, "I don't like talking to people in general, and you yeah. have your own podcast, I
0: know. I know) <laughs> <laughs> unreliable narrator should be the name of this <laughs> podcast um, but but uh, I think eating solo in Asia is very commonplace and yeah. it's also something that you see when you eat noodles and I've seen a lot of that in my day having Momofuku noodle bar you need to eat noodles by yourself unless you're eating saru soba right like cold soba mm. something that's cold but if you're eating ramyan, you gotta eat that solo because you don't you can't talk to somebody that's Eight minutes, seven, eight minutes of like concentration. It is, I am focused on eating this while it's boiling hot and f- trying to figure out how not to burn my fucking mouth, mm. right? While eating it, because you have to eat it quickly because first of all, you need to get out of that chair because the chef's looking at you. Secondly, the peer pressure of the slurping noise, right? Mm-hmm. If you haven't been to a real ramenya yeah, in Japan or in Asia, doesn't have to be ramen. It is this. Now, all of you guys do that. <laughs> Times fifteen or twenty. That's literally all you hear. It is mm. so annoying. So the only way to make it not annoying is to join the <laughs> cacophony of noise. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> and, and listen, you eat it so goddamn fast that you leave in a sweat. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Like eating solo in Asia is an art form. And people in America want to talk over food that they should be eating. Talking in restaurants
3: can be overrated. <laughs> <Yeah>. overrated.
0: <laughs>
3: incredible, incredible. Next question. What's your favorite popcorn topping or how do you like to consume popcorn? First of all,
0: I make popcorn a lot. I grew up eating the microwave popcorn and I don't think you need to add anything to it because of the hydrogenated cottonseed oil and the fake butter. It's awesome but it's so bad for Mm. you that I don't eat it anymore. And microwave popcorn is unbelievably successful, right? It's so good at popping almost all the kernels, real modern ingenuity. I make it in a lot of olive oil. I don't add any butter and I just add, you know, not a plug, Momofuku savory salt because that's great. Or sometimes I do tingly, and I mix the tingly with some spicy. And before we had our own savory salts, I would just add MSG, and I would never, ever, ever put uh, nutritional yeast because um, that's that's some. Um, I, I mean, listen, people would agree with me or not. The reason I don't, I just think it's fucking racist bullshit. So there, that's what I think about nutritional yeast. I mean, it's not that like I, I don't use it, but I mean, like, listen, let me rephrase this. I'm totally endowed down with using nutritional yeast. pisses me off is when people say i use it because it's a healthy msg Mm -hmm. Mm. we use nutritional yeast because it has a different flavor of umami but people that use it outright because it's healthy and it's not msg i'm just like no and i feel like that's a lot of people use nutritional yeast on their popcorn so do you feel the same
1: way about the sort of granulated mushroom powder stuff people say that's the healthy non whatever msg Guino- guinolate acid i think guinolate acid six is the glutamic
0: acid used and that's just a form of you know it's like it's tangerine on orange <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah it's tangerine citrus it's grapefruit citrus like yeah it's it's the same shit mm-hmm. but a little msg on your
1: popcorn with some salt goes a long fucking way i agree cheng you and i went and saw um we saw a movie one time we saw inside out because you were like i want to cry <laughs> <laughs> and that was when they had just started putting out those little shakers wait wait like, who, what's the inside f-
0: out who's who's inside out the pixar, pixar movie, pixar movie. The oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: didn't make us cry it, <laughs> it didn't make it, us wh- cry and you were pissed about it at the end yeah, you didn't cry you at inside out cry. neither of us cried we were for a real cry <laughs>
0: what's what's there to cry about <laughs>
1: oh. God, wow. (laughs) There was nothing uh, sad.
0: Like, the parents got divorced? Uh, No, no, no. When
1: when, when her little friend can't make it out of the canyon. That's a sad moment. I forget what it is. Um, Um,
0: To me, that was the worst Pixar movie of the past 15 plus years. Inside Out was?
1: I don't remember anything about that movie. Well, because we were so focused on these little... We had never seen these before. I don't know if you remember. They had those little, like, spice shakers of just cheese and salt and MSG Mm, that you can sprinkle mm. all over your popcorn.
0: I mean, the thing that I like is shaking ranch on MSG, like ranch powder because that's just basically MSG. And the reason why people like ranch is because it's (laughs) MSG. I mean, just science is backing me here. Just look at your fucking label. All the people Mm. that love ranch but don't like MSG, trust me, the reason you (laughs) like ranch isn't because of the buttermilk tartness.
1: (laughs) Or the herbs. Your body is not attuned for the butter tartness <laughs> no. or the tarot. Because really like it's, you it's a vehicle
0: for MSG. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, if, if somebody else is making popcorn, I'm still a sucker for kettle corn and shit. No, but, but the sweet corn stuff, come on, man. Like, no. no, no
0: caramel corn for you? Cracker Jacks. <laughs> no Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks. No Cracker Jacks. Sucks. And Cracker Jacks toys <sighs> suck. So it's not there. even
1: toys anymore. It's just like a stamp. Anyway.
3: Okay. Let's close this out This is a recurring question on the show. What's the best thing you ate this week? We're recording this November 13th. Oh, I know. Okay.
0: I made it yesterday. It's for recipe club. I won't say which recipe, but it was very good. And it wasn't Chris Yang's pork recipe. (laughs) That's for sure. And it wasn't mine either. Oh, it was very good. And it wasn't, I didn't actually follow the recipe exactly. And I definitely doctored it to make it better. Of course, of
1: course you didn't. Oh my God, of course. And it was, it was
0: really, really good. There. All right, It was a roasted pork shoulder for a recipe club that probably will air around the time this comes out.
1: All right, little teaser, little teaser. Ying? Uh, my runner-up thing I made that was really good was a recipe club thing. I liked my, uh, my recipe, not the pork one, but I liked my other recipe for a recipe club that was very good. Oh, and the I would vegetable, defend it. Ve- vegetable dumpling? Mine was meat. Mine was Which the pork one? one. Just pork and cabbage. I thought you did the char shoe. Yeah, for for the pork. But I'm saying for the gyoza, I did just pork and cabbage gyoza. Uh, uh, uh. But the best thing I probably ate this week, I think after recording with you guys and Dave mentioning Japanese curry, I made that for dinner the other night and then Ooh. repurposed it for uh, curry ramen last night because I had nothing else. I, we Chang and I, our last call ended at like 6.30 and I had to scramble dinner together for the family. So... Curry ramen turned out pretty damn good. That was probably the best thing I ate.
3: Nice. Um, I'm still recovering from my wisdom tooth extraction here, so I've just been eating soft food. So there's really nothing good I ate this week, so I'm going to skip this week.
0: Well, I I don't think that even if you had wisdom teeth not removed,
1: (laughs) it would have changed anything in your response.
3: Here we go All right, what was
1: the last thing you ate, Isaac? Tell us.
3: (laughs) The last thing I ate, this morning I just had a bunch of yogurt and applesauce. Holy shit.
0: Again, yeah. I'm just saying. Like, is that any different? Two months ago, six months ago, yes, a year ago? Yes, yes.
3: Of course, it's different from two months ago, six months ago. Applesauce.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you had the same breakfast as my seven-month-old son.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I, well, I was actually transitioning into more solid foods again. So is then... my son. <laughs> <laughs> but, but then my my um my jaw started hurting again. So I just I, I transitioned back to just soft foods, and it's it's miserable. I hate it. I hate it. I don't know why I got all four out. I could have at least chewed on one side if I did two and two, but I just went all at once, so... <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. It is what oh, it is. Man. I have the same eating habits as, as your, your one-year-old? One, Seven-month-old, no, dude. Seven-month-old?
1: Yeah, tea? you and him. He's eating more she, interesting she, shit than you, though, I think, honestly. He had some uh, pea fritters last night. Oh, uh, take us out, Chang.
0: Well, once again, I am victorious and undefeated. Um, <laughs> this isn't a competition. What? It's, it's amazing. It's, what are it's, you talking about? <laughs> I, I, what was the last undefeated pitching season in baseball? Because this has got to be
3: somewhat <laughs> close to that. Uh, you know,
0: this—that's what it must feel like to to
3: just win all the time in this <laughs> this We're not racing. We're not competing for anything. We're not trying to win. No, well, Isaac, Isaac,
0: Isaac, that's what losers say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, nobody wants a gentleman's bet. Let's put some money All on the right. line here.
3: There's no bet. What's the prize? What? There's nothing at stake here. What is I this? congratulate
1: my opponent, David Chang, for another <laughs> hard fought victory. You concede. I you graciously concede. I oh,
0: mean, if Trump wants to see rigging the election, <laughs> they should just come and see
1: me. Oh, man. Um, okay. Is that Great. the outro? Uh, Holy shit! Okay.
0: Give us five stars. How you rate this podcast? Uh, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. Feels weird since we're almost all doing Spotify stuff. So no, we, we have to praise Spo- Spotify, I guess. But no, give us yeah. five
3: stars. L- listen on Spotify and yeah. only only use Apple Podcasts to give us five stars.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's it. Apple, you heard that? I didn't say that. I, I say yeah. that. <laughs> I'm employee of Spotify,
3: I, I will say it. I will proudly say it.
0: And uh, listen to Recipe Club, and and keep on sending us questions to ask Dave at Major Demo Media. And um, eat some frozen pizza, and don't eat yogurt and applesauce unless you're a mature adult. <laughs> <laughs>